as we prepare to see an NFL offseason that features quarterbacks getting paid ungodly sums of money, one name to keep an eye on that could and should dwarf all those other contracts is someone who isn't even a free agent. Aaron Rodgers is reportedly engaged in talks with the Packers about a contract extension that would in all likelihood make him the highest paid player in NFL history. As it stands today, Jimmy Garoppolo holds that title, having inked a $137.5 million deal earlier in the offseason with the San Francisco 49ers. That record isn't expected to stand long, and most people expect quarterback Kirk Cousins to eclipse that mark easily whenever he signs with a new team in free agency. Rodgers, as anyone who has watched an NFL game or seen a State Farm commercial, is the far superior player to both Garoppolo and Cousins, and the two-time former NFL MVP will likely get paid as such. Aaron Rodgers has actually had the distinction of being the league's highest paid player before, when in 2013 he signed a five-year $110 million contract extension with Green Bay. Today, that deal currently leaves Rodgers as the 5th highest paid QB behind the aforementioned Garoppolo, Matt Stafford of the Lions, Derek Carr from Oakland, and Andrew Luck of the Colts. That list doesn't take into account what Kirk Cousins is about to make, nor what Drew Brees, another free agent, is going to be making when he eventually re-signs with the Saints this offseason. All that makes it abundantly clear that despite already making a ton of money, Aaron Rodgers is actually criminally underpaid by quarterback standards. Other than arguably Tom Brady, Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league today, bar none. Brady is also 40 years old, and Rodgers is 34, meaning we can expect likely at least another half decade more of him throwing the football, making him all the more valuable. No one is going to argue that Aaron Rodgers at this point should be anything but the highest paid quarterback in the league. There is not a single more important or valuable player in the entire NFL, which the Packers are well aware of, meaning Rodgers is going to get paid like no one in football has ever been paid before. There's always the off chance that Rodgers could opt for a more team-friendly deal, something Tom Brady has done with the Patriots in the past to try to give the Packers more cap flexibility. However, I think both the team and Rodgers want to make him the highest paid player. He certainly earned it, and despite not being old by quarterback standards, this will probably be the last long-term mega deal he'll ever sign. The most likely timeline for a new contract for Aaron Rodgers will be after the dust settles in free agency and the new standard for a quarterback contract is set by Kirk Cousins. Green Bay can use that deal as a template and simply add on to it in terms of overall value. And just like that, Aaron Rodgers will retake his rightful place under the sun as the NFL's highest paid player. I'm Jet Stryer and this is your home for the best quick hitting sports news only on Anchor. Back in October, the United States men's soccer team suffered one of their most humiliating defeats in history, falling to Jamaica and in the process, failing to qualify this upcoming summer's World Cup in Russia. It was an extremely disappointing result for fans of U.S. soccer, but if the newest reports are to be believed, American soccer fans may be headed for even more disappointment. It's been widely believed that the United States would play host to the 2026 World Cup in addition to Mexico and Canada forming a joint bid for the tournament. 
Considering the numerous stadiums and facilities available, the massive television audiences, easy and numerous travel accommodations for visitors from all over the world, the North American bid would seem as strong as anyone could offer. Add that to the fact that the last time a North American country hosted the World Cup, it was back in 1994 in the United States, and it would seem a virtual lock that the World Cup would return to North America in 2026. However, ESPN is now reporting that the dreams of a World Cup back in the North American continent are in serious jeopardy, and it's coming from Morocco of all places. That's right, the African nation right now has more support amongst the FIFA voters for the bid to host the 2026 World Cup than the North American joint bid. A recent estimate of the voting totals amongst the 211 member nations that make up the FIFA Congress, the voting bloc to determine the site of the World Cup, Morocco currently has the lead on the United States-Mexico-Canada contingent. The vote right now is still three months away, so there's plenty of time for the representatives from the North American bid to sway the voters. But there's obviously a lot of work to do now to make up ground. No one really expected Morocco's bid for the World Cup to stand any chance against the North American one, especially considering both the fact that the World Cup was in Africa in 2010 when South Africa hosted, as well as the huge difference in population between the bidding nations. Morocco has a population of just over 35 million people. The United States alone has 323 million people. Add Canada's 36 million people and Mexico's 128 million people, and you have a total population approaching half a billion. As much as the World Cup is about showing off the best soccer has to offer and national pride, it's a tournament designed to bring in revenue, both for the hosting nation and FIFA. It's pretty obvious that the Moroccan bid cannot compare to the North American one when it comes to potential revenue. Not even from a sheer population standpoint, but the North American bid represents locations that should drive a lot of tourism and foreign interest in coming to the tournament as compared to Morocco. That's not to say people wouldn't travel to Morocco to watch their country play, it's just that more people would come to North America if they ended up as hosts. The reason right now are unclear as to why Morocco has suddenly emerged as a legitimate threat to steal the tournament away from the North American bidders. Considering it's FIFA that's making this decision here, we have to consider any and all possibilities. After all, we're talking about the governing body that opted to award the 2022 World Cup to Qatar, a tiny country of just 2.6 million people, despite numerous reports of human rights violations going on there, and the fact that in the summertime, when the World Cup is traditionally held, Temperatures in Qatar reach upwards of 107 degrees on average during the daytime. The Middle Eastern nation wasn't awarded the World Cup by FIFA by any desire to include countries from that area of the world, but rather some pretty obvious bribery from a nation that has tremendous oil wealth. Who knows why Morocco is getting so much support right now? It could be bribery, or it could simply be that they've presented a better case for hosting than their opposition. Awarding the World Cup to Morocco would certainly not be as egregious or embarrassing as the World Cup going to Qatar, but it certainly leads to a lot of questions as to the legitimacy of the voting proceedings. As I said, 
We have just over three months until a vote happens, which means there will be lots of lobbying going on by both the North American parties trying to now overtake Morocco, as well as the representatives from the Moroccan delegation hoping to keep their momentum going and bring the World Cup back to Africa. Regardless of the outcome, the host of the 2026 World Cup is expected to be announced on June 13th, right before the 2018 World Cup kicks off in Russia. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. It's Wednesday, February 28th. All of Tuesday's basketball games are in the books. Here is your morning after in the NBA. The Hornets get by the Bulls 118-103. Kemba Walker puts up a game high with 31 points, adding 5 assists. And Dwight Howard has 24 points, 5 blocks, and 6 rebounds in the Charlotte victory. Chicago has seven different players scoring double figures, including all five of their starters, with Zach Levine scoring 21 points and Bobby Portis adding a 12.10 rebound double-double off the bench in the loss. Cleveland takes down Brooklyn 129-123. LeBron James finishes his night with a triple-double, leading all scorers with 31 points, handing out 11 assists and snagging 12 rebounds. And George Hill scores 26 points, gets three steals and has five assists for the Cavs in their win. All five of the Nets starters end the game scoring in double figures, led by 25 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds from D'Angelo Russell, and an 11.11 assist double-double from Spencer Dinwiddie in their team's loss. Philadelphia is edged out by Miami, 102-101. Hassan Whiteside goes for 15 points, 3 steals, 3 blocks, and 11 boards, and Dwayne Wade leads the game in scoring with 27 points off the bench, including knocking down the game-winning shot with just over 5 seconds remaining for the Heat. Joel Embiid scores 23 points and pulls down 8 rebounds, and Dario Saric adds 21 points and 7 rebounds for the 76ers in the losing effort. The Bucks fall to the Wizards 107-104. Bradley Beal scores 21 points, hands out 8 assists, and has 7 rebounds in the Wizards' victory. On the losing side, Giannis Attentacumpo is the game's high point man, scoring 23 to go with 3 steals, 6 blocks, 8 assists, and 13 boards for Milwaukee. Portland cruises past Sacramento 116-99. All the Blazers starters end their night scoring in double figures, led by Damian Lillard's game-high 26 points. He also had 12 rebounds in a double-double, and Joseph Nurkic scores 17 points, adding 9 boards in the win. Zach Randolph finishes up with 20 points and 6 rebounds, and Willie Cauley-Stein has a 17.10 rebound double-double for the Kings in their loss. And the last game Tuesday saw the Clippers sneak past the Nuggets 122-120. Lou Williams leads all scorers with 25 points off the bench, adding 5 rebounds and 6 assists. And Austin Rivers chips in with 17 points in the LA victory. All five of Denver's starters score in double figures. Gary Harris puts up 23 points and 3 steals. And Will Barton goes for 19 points, 5 assists, and 7 rebounds in the loss. That's the buzzer for this edition of the Morning After in the NBA. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news only on Anchor.